Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. How are you feeling? How are you doing? This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. From Studio C. Welcome to Little Wednesday. We're in a dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Marine One. One of the few machinery general managers in the show's history. Mm -hmm. The opportunity to watch the helicopter that transports the president take off from Walter Reed Medical Center and fly across D.C. to the White House. Very cool. A very rare treat yesterday. Uh, almost certainly a, a bit of a campaign gimmick, but it was it was uh, cool. What uh, part, beautiful. What what part was obviously a campaign gimmick? Oh, the whole walking out and thumbs out and ride on the helicopter, then the uh, then the thumbs up and the salute on the portico, oh, sure, flags in the background, beautifully lit. The whole it was, it was beautifully orchestrated. Would there have been any way to avoid that though? I mean, Stay I suppose, in the hospital. <laughs> well, I've come home from the hospital lots of times, and none of those elements were involved. Uh, I, well, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, they could have flown him back quietly. No cameras anywhere. No cameras. No cameras are ever allowed to follow Marine One. Ever. But it, it so could certainly be argued that, well, the president, having uh, been laid low by this potentially deadly disease, was going back to work and the American people on note. I'm not saying it was entirely a campaign stunt, yeah, I don't but know. it was a wonderful opportunity. I don't know that the president ought to sneak back to the, ho- to the White House and then announce, hey, I'm back, uh, either. Um, in terms of going home, I was just reading how the White House has a uh, full medical facility, like a hospital room, staffed 24 hours a day with top doctors, nurses, physicians, assistants, and you're not going to have any front desk person asking for your insurance card and saying that's last year's. <laughs> You'd be able to get in right away. So. Man, I'd be there all the time. My thumb hurts. Yes, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not exactly like going home if you're going home and there's a fully staffed hospital room 24 hours a day. There. You guys have a nail file in here? We could probably find one, Mr. President. <laughs> I feel kind of queasy. Like, yeah. I don't know. What did you eat? How much oh, did you boy. eat? Ah, mashed Mr. potatoes, gravy, Mr. Then, Mr. A, Fat President. Then, a, then a whole bag of M&M's. That's why you're queasy. Now get back to your room. Go back to the West Wing. <laughs> I've eaten there a lot, too. My knees. Oh, they just ate. They're stiff. How old are you? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm 65. Well, well, I think that's probably why it is, Mr. President. Thank you for stopping by again. <laughs> It'd be a nice opportunity, though. My mouth's really dry. <laughs> Here's a bottle of water. So if you're president, you got the 24-hour fully staffed kitchen with right. top chefs and a 24-hour fully staffed like emergency room with yeah. top doctors. I would be eating my crap and walk over to the doctors. And then what do you think of this? I'm eating. Just continue eating while I'm talking. There's a big bowl of mashed potatoes and gravy. Should I be eating this like this this time of night? Or just wolf down <laughs> like a big old plate of lasagna, then wander over to your hospital room and say, hey, you got to pump my stomach again. I shouldn't eat that. <laughs> Get this out of me. Yeah. It's no good. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time, but right. I was just oh, sitting so there. Ah, feel terrible. Kudos to you, chef, but I'm going to have my stomach pumped. <laughs> Again, 
So lovely to be the president. Oh, the things you could do if you weren't dealing with world problems. Well, there's that. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad before we get into the news of the day. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Ah, good. I'm just thinking Donald Trump, t- you know, the motorcade driving home from the hospital, and there's, sir, this is the third time we've stopped at a drive-thru. The doctor says you need to stop. <laughs> or um, Chris Christie telling him you need to start eating better, man, or something <laughs> like that. A man has a metabolism problem, all right? Several presidents have mentioned that the kitchen is is one thing they really missed. Wild bet. You'd get pretty used to it, especially if you're there for eight years. Just ordering up whatever all the time. Sure, anything you could think of. Never think twice about it. Or or just calling down saying, you know. Of course, I would would leave the White House twice the size I was when I went in. (laughs) It's the first time that's ever happened. He went in at 180, he left at 360. Usually the stress of the job wears on a president. (laughs) President Armstrong, on the other hand. Doubled in size. (laughs) There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? The White House chefs would love me. Just another frozen pizza, Mr. President? Yeah, that'd be great. If you put it in there, 20 minutes, I'll be right down. You want a bowl of cereal again? We got everything. Yeah, I'd really like a bowl. We got of... any more of those Hot Pockets? I'd really like a bowl of Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I know no you have. No salmon with garlic colandaise, Mr. President? I know you got a bunch of French-sounding ah, stuff, but yeah. Fruity Pebbles really would hit the spot right now. I don't know. You the... want to do something? Fry up some bacon. I'll eat that. Yeah, exactly. I'm watching a ball game. Some bacon and Fruity Pebbles sounds good to me. Um, the president is uh, back in the White House is the long and short of that whole deal. So, Excellent. I have, I have some questions about I don't know where I am on the coronavirus. I really don't even know where I am in my own mind. I go back and forth. On Interesting. I know precisely where I am. I will be your guide. It's good to know where you are. Yes. On 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 one hand, and we'll, we'll talk about this more later, Tucker Carlson went through the stats last night, and, uh, you know, it's not that I hadn't heard them before, but they're overwhelming when they're presented to you in, in, in certain ways of how unlikely it is that you're going to die of this thing, especially right. if you're, like, under 65. I mean, it's almost impossible to die from this thing if you're under 65. Now, certainly people have, but that's because many millions of people have been infected. Uh, Statistically speaking, actually, the WHO and the CDC are out with new numbers and guidelines and the rest of it probably worth touching on at some point. Especially the WHO numbers. They're quite astounding, uh, putting aside for the moment that we kind of still don't like the WHO. Yeah. The other side of it, though, is we do have... Uh, almost 210,000 people dead, and that's like six years, seven years worth of car wrecks. I mean, that's a lot of people. That's five to eight years worth of the regular flu. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a lot of people. Oh, it's a bastard. No doubt whatsoever. Maybe I'm just having to wrestle with the math of a country that has 340 million people. Just you know, that, it's that large a number. Frustrating for anybody with a couple two-tree uh, brain cells to rub together, which is, I would like to think us and... And, and most of the audience, is so much of the world seems separated into the CNN-esque, this is the worst thing to ever befall mankind, do not leave your home, do not leave your room, do not leave the quarter of your room you're in, just stay in the corner. And then the, ah, it's just the flu crowd, and people can't handle something in between. Um, and often those voices are very loud, which is a little frustrating. You would think that if an alien... <clears throat> Uh, landed a spaceship up uh, above Earth. Space alien, not like Guatemalan. No, space okay. alien. And he announced to Earth, I have got a ray here. I am going to disinfect your planet. Planet. Good news, 99% of you will be fine. I would think everybody would breathe a sigh of relief. 1% of you will die, but 99% of you will not die. I think everybody, okay. 
It's bad, but you know. Now he's got a disinfectant ray? Whatever it is. Okay. So it's a ray. Okay. It's going to kill 1% of the population. If, if 99%, I'd think, okay, well, I'm going to, you know. What is the benefit of killing this one? Like, what are we <laughs> getting from this ray? Because uh, it sounds like he's asking if it's okay. Like, I don't understand mm. what the upside of this is. I mean, right. I get it, like, less traffic or whatever. But... Excuse me, sir. Uh, uh, what if you just don't shoot your ray at all? Okay, maybe my premise is <laughs> breaking down. Now you're annoying me. <laughs> I'll Stop just get... tweeting nasty crap about me. I'll keep working on my premise, but. Maybe we could bring the alien to his knees by nasty tweets, by real social media. Just ratio his Twitter account. Just, just in general, whether it's... Um, I'm getting death threats on Facebook. There's a 99% chance I don't go broke. There's a 99% chance I don't break my ankle. There's a 99... I, I would think, right. okay, I'm fine. That's Okay, I'm good with that. Right. I really am not worried then. Well, and keep in mind... Actually, it's 99 and a half if you're under uh, 65. If you are willing to take sensible precautions, you reduce that... That number oh, yeah. further. Yeah, sure. The more careful you are, you can get it to very close to zero. Right. Right. Chance of death. And as we always point out, everything in life is a calculated risk. Virtually nothing. I mean, if your buddy says we should dive into a wood chipper to see what happens, okay, that's probably a hundred percent bad idea. Get better friends. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Get better friends or if you're sitting there unwilling to eat sean's frozen pizza in case it's been poisoned by the kaiser that's like a zero percent risk everything else in life is somewhere in between and functioning in our lives educating our children conducting the economy seeing our friends in a smart way those are all the somewhere in betweeners I gotta really think over my space alien disinfectant ray story. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite musicians. You're all amped up for that too. You're like, this one's really gonna land. Oh uh, yeah, they're, they're gonna totally get it. It's the old. If everybody was threatened by space, we'd all pull together thing or something. You know, one of my favorite musicians, and this just it makes me crazy. It, uh, not like mad crazy, but sympathetic crazy. Has been tweeting about um, how, you know. I've hardly seen a friend in seven months, eight months. I haven't hugged anyone who's not in my nuclear family. Now, you're not a hugger, so you don't care. But my children, they weep with loneliness, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) But he's part of the crowd of you signal your hatred for Trump by terror of the COVID. There is some of that, yes. Yeah, there some. There's a ton of it. That's one of the great virtue signals, tribe signals. What tribe are you in? If I'm in the anti-Trump tribe, I act as if there's a 50-50 chance the COVID kills me every single day. That's a weird tribal signaling thing these days. Likewise, I know plenty of people, some of you might be listening. I greet you with a hearty good day, friends, who are like, this is nothing. This is the flu. Well, you're a dumbass. <laughs> but that's fine. The old song said everybody plays the fool. Well, everybody plays the dumbass. Sometimes. Uh, but come on, everybody. It's somewhere in between. Live your life. Tell that musician friend of yours my story about the space alien and the disinfectant. <laughs> See if that helps put I, things I'll in pass perspective. It along, okay? <laughs> I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday. October the 6th, the year 2020, we're Armstrong and getting we approve of this program. Let's begin firing the disinfectant <laughs> ray of the truth.
And today's issue is precisely according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go. At Mark. Well, uh, I'm used to bullies. I, uh, I used to stutter when I was a kid. I learned how to fight. I got a nickname. They called me Shoe Leather. I was little, but they could beat me up, and they hurt, I hurt them in the process. Shoe Leather. I'll have to hear the rest of that story to figure out how that turns into the nickname Shoe Leather. Wow. Wow. It's a little corn pop-esque there. Promising. Yeah. Mm. I tell you what. They'd say Shoe Leather. I'd say, let me get my chain. <laughs> <laughs> How does uh, mailbag look? Oh, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I got to tame it. It's a beast. <laughs> we got the news of the day all on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Yeah, Joe Biden just took a pretty strong position on Roe versus Wade. It's newsworthy, and Trump uh, blasted out a tweet about it. So if that's your big issue, um, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, I just had my first sip of coffee for the day. I don't know if you've ever uh, had this before, but man, that's a good beverage right there. Oh mm. boy, piping hot, hot cup of coffee. That first bracing. Sip. Ooh, first sip is so good. Mailbag. Your freedom-loving quote of the day recently tweeted by our friend Timothy Timothy Sandifer of the Goldwater Institute, Tim the Lawyer. Quoting the decision Granger v. Craven, 1924. I wish my name was Craven. What one creates by his own labor is his. Public policy does not intend that another than the producer shall reap the fruits of labor. Oh, what a quaint notion. If you work for it, you get to keep it. Or at least the vast majority of it. Ha 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 No. Not anymore. A number of Michelangelo's wedding-related emails today. Yes. Interestingly enough. How many days away, Michael? Four? Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. 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 There you go. Coming up this weekend. Congrats on your upcoming wedding and for selecting a great day, writes both Steve and, uh, well, Steve. My wife and I were married on October 10th, 1992, an easy date to remember. Yours is even easier, 10-10-20. Ooh, was that by on purpose? So, well, Michael, was that on purpose, or is that no, just a No, actually, date? that's not the wrong date. I didn't right know if you date, or your bride or numer- off, if you're numerologist people or something like that. Yeah, yeah. We went 10-11-20. There you go. So, while we are celebrating our 28th anniversary this year, we'll raise a glass to you and your bride. Welcome to the 10-10 Club, except they're getting married on the 11th. How insensitive of you, Steve. Thank you for the note, nonetheless. And then this uh, from Kathy in the Ho, San Jose. Michael decided, uh, announced yesterday that he wishes there was a little time for humor in the wedding. You know, a little joke here and there. And, and Kathy <laughs> said, guys, take his soundboard and, and, and have the buttons ready during the ceremony. Yes. Perhaps in response to... <clears throat> Uh, we are gathered here today in the sight of God. The Bible! Yes, I love it. Uh, do you take her in sickness and in health? I'm really sick to my stomach. And actually, I threw up yesterday. <laughs> do you... Alex Baldwin. Take her... Wool. <laughs> See, this is... No wool on here, Joe. Okay. What? No. Oh, operating off different scripts. I told you where it was. Twice. 
Alex Baldwick, wool. But, but there's no wool. But I'll give you and a maybe wool. Maybe on the way to the re- maybe wool. on the way to the reception. Who wants to eat? Who the f- wants to eat? Go have something to eat. Hooray! Thank you, Kathy, for that. that That's pretty funny. Charming series of suggestions. <laughs> the bride would be appreciative. I was thinking on Friday we should take uh, wedding, uh, marriage advice for married couples on the text line and spend some time on that. Assuming that you know, fun. something crazy isn't happening, the president's in the hospital or we're at war with China. Uh, so we got a little elbow room. That'd be pretty good. And I think that'd be helpful for people married and not. Perhaps during the last hour of the show when, frankly, uh, the energy level's running a bit low. Mm. Yeah. In uh, one minute? Come on. Uh, let's see. We need to do some bonus mailbag in a bit. Let's see. That's a little complicated. Uh, a suggestion from Brian. Guys, um, how about using the phrase, all black lives matter, when the, that whole thing comes up? It's a good way to use the movement for good. Black on black shootings, uh, drug use, uh, cops. Uh, thanks for keeping me going in this interesting part of it's our life. It's fine unless whoever decides these things decides that's code for being a racist, and then you would get fired for saying it. But perhaps that's the way it works because Twitter would go crazy—a very small a number of militant crazy people—and your company would panic and kowtow to the mob. It's honest to God, the way it works. But I like that there is a uh, Texas Ranger is going to be prosecuted for shooting a black man unnecessarily. It just happened. And I'm sure a big deal will be made of that. In the meantime, 250 young black men have been gunned down by each other. Nobody seems to care at all. What Biden say about Rose? Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Joseph Biden did a town hall uh, format last night, which he took questions, uh, and uh, Sean played us a teaser about a half an hour ago in which he mentioned something about people used to call him shoe leather, and i got to admit, I'm curious enough to want to hear a little more of that story just to uh, understand why people called him shoe leather. So Could be an apology chain in there. We don't know. He said something interesting about Roe versus Wade, but we'll get to that in a second. Let's hear the shoe leather story. I noticed that President Trump was bullying you, and I'm worried that it knocked you off your game. How do I know that you're able to forcefully lead this country moving forward when being faced with unforeseen challenges and other bullies? Well, uh, I'm used to bullies. I, uh, I used to stutter when I was a kid. I learned how to fight. I got a nickname. They called me Shoe Leather. I was little, but they could beat me up, and they hurt, I hurt them in the process. Look. Uh, I was surprised to learn that that uh, Chris Wallace said there were 158 interruptions in that debate we had, and it was just very difficult. Does he get back to shoe leather? Is that no? Okay, so okay, so he doesn't explain the process of the debate. He doesn't explain why. I was thinking, you know, he walked a lot, or he he would run away. No, he was tough as shoe leather. Now I get it. Oh, okay. I didn't pick up on that. Well, it it took me three hearings (laughs) before it clicked. Uh, that's a you know, and I don't blame the campaign for doing that. The media lets him get away with it, though. That's the question. Your opponent is a mean bully. How would you show you're tough enough to stand up to him? So the question is a statement of <laughs> right. how bad your opponent is, yes. and then it allows you an opportunity to explain yourself. Some that's more the, hardball hurled at the former V. <laughs> that's the question. Yeah. All right. Well, when he got tough questions from Chris Wallace, Trump interrupted and didn't let him answer. So 
which was a mistake. You should have let him go on and on about his ridiculous plans to pack the court or whatever. But Agreed. Anyway, so last night in the town hall, apparently, well, I'll, I'll read you what Donald Trump just tweeted. Wow, Joe Biden just took a more liberal position on Roe versus Wade than Elizabeth Warren at her highest. He also wants to pack our great Supreme United States court. That's what the Dems will do. Um, what did Joe Biden specifically say last night? Well, uh, he said that he would make um, Roe versus Wade the law of the land if it got overturned by Amy Coney Barrett, who's just as soon as she gets on the court, the day she's on the court, Roe versus Wade disappears from what I hear. Uh, it's not exactly the way it works. That's absolutely not the way it works. Um, but and that's not what she said. Uh, Joe Biden said that he would uh, pass legislation to make Roe versus Wade the law of the land. It's a little unclear how he would make that happen, but that was his statement last night. Which whatever. a little unclear. Um, he can't. That's a ridiculous statement. I say the same thing every of course, time. You know, if if you expect politics, I mean, the, the campaign politics to follow like the Constitution and the law and to square with reality. There's going to be a lot of fact-checking or something or other. Americans uh, want women to have a right to an abortion, specifically in the first trimester. Right. Second trimester and third tri- trimester, they don't. They're not cool with abortion at that point. Why can't, will, we, I, why can't we come up with laws that reflect what everybody, what most people want, what 75% of people want? See, I, I, I quibble only because I think it weakens the argument when you move that quickly. First tr- trimester, everybody says, I might not like it, but I understand. It's fine. Second trimester, there are limitations and definite, okay, in this case, people are very understanding of the, the rape and incesty stuff in the middle ground. Third trimester, no. And the huge numbers, huge majorities of Americans feel that way. It's just not that big an issue. Now, if you're a no abortions ever person, because you think it's murder no matter the circumstances, and a woman uh, should not be able to... Uh, end a pregnancy, okay, well, advocate for that. The First Amendment protects your right to do so. But if you're but a, the idea that all of a sudden abortion's going to go away, that would never happen. Why can't we hit that sweet spot of where 75% of more people are, though? Because then because they, they wouldn't wa- have it, the issue. Is it one of those because both sides want the issue to argue about? 100%. I remember when I asked Ted Cruz that in person when we interviewed Ted Cruz and he didn't answer the question. Nobody ever answers that question. We've asked a number of politicians because to me that's just, there's a solution here. That would make three quarters of people okay with where we are. Sure. Why can't we get there? The non-answer is the answer. You're bluey. There goes your mind. Mm. All right. Well, that's enough of did that. Did you hit Ted Cruz with your alien disinfectant? I didn't. I, did, I, hadn't, oh, I hadn't worked that through at the time. That's a good premise, though. <laughs> the, the two of them were going on and on about boots. I might make that <laughs> that's into right. a... <laughs> My debating Ca- boots. Cowboy boots. Yeah. I actually like Ted. He's a charming guy. He's an interesting guy. Comes off as a bit of a geek sometimes, because he's a geek. Bearded now. Yes, he is. That's um, a good point. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, NBA Finals, do they play again tonight or tomorrow night? What's going on with that? I just I need I need to be up to date on this. Uh, I believe they Sean I, step in here is the NBA is dead to me. <laughs> they, they play again tonight, I do believe. Okay. And the Lakers lead to, uh, two to one. Uh, two to so, one, yep. So last night I got on my phone and I figured out where the NBA Finals are and where, where uh, Major League Baseball playoffs are. And I'm thinking about dipping my toe into sports. So there you go. Excellent. Well, we welcome Dodgers, you back. Dodgers, Padres, that starts tonight, right? That uh, can't get much more exciting than that. huh? 
In a uh, no, that is actually if if one is a Californian, particularly a Southern Californian, then yes, that is fan freaking tastic. The Padres have not been relevant for many many moons. Pretty awesome. Back to campaign news. We commented a number of times earlier in the year that it is practically impossible to find a Joe Biden campaign sign nor bumper sticker. You will you will see quadruple the Bernie stickers today. Quadruple, hell, 50 times as many Bernie stickers as Biden stickers today if you peel your eyes and look for them. Not and a joke. So uh, Peel your eyes. So, um... Sounds painful. Open them. Um... So uh, a number of our beloved listeners have taken it upon themselves to send us a picture whenever they see one. Well, that is not necessary. We understand that they exist. On the other hand, if you have a particularly amusing example of them, of uh, uh, Biden, Harris sign or whatever, feel free to send it along. Um, or this, my wife saw this last night. I believe it was on the Book of Faces as she has invited the evil Mark Zuckerberg into our home. There is a Biden-Harris sign that includes uh, a, an, what is it, an, uh, the star for Antifa, the uh, B, there's a Black Lives Matter symbol in there. Oh, the B is a rainbow. And then there's a Black Lives, oh, the I in Biden is the raised fist, Black Lives Matter. And I guess that one's catching on a little bit among those uh, those folks. And then this, which I really appreciated, Kathy in San Diego she writes, like a unicorn in a dense enchanted forest, I found a Biden sign. I've been searching for months. Sure, San Diego leans a little more conservative than the rest of our state. There's a street near my house with four different homes flying the Trump MAGA flag, for instance, just under their American flag. Well, I've seen plenty of Bernie stickers, but behold, and it is a really, I'm sorry, this is elitist. I apologize for what I almost said. I almost described the house as crappy. It's it's a fixer-upper. I've been in the real estate game. It's a charming, a single-story fixer-upper in an up-and-coming neighborhood. Has a lot of potential, and it's your opportunity to put your own personality on that house. Occasionally, you'll hear occasionally you'll hear the tweeting of the birds above the growling of the pit bulls in this beautiful oh up-and-coming neighborhood. More pit bulls than paid bills in this neighborhood. More pit bulls than paid bills. I hadn't heard that. At any rate. Wow. (laughs) At any rate. I haven't even gotten to the punchline yet. I didn't even get to the punchline. Somehow scratched into the roof of this house. And I mean, I, I don't know what the roofing material is, but it can't have been a good idea. Are the words for passing airplanes to see, well, the letters, I be star. As in, I be a star, I guess? Um, take a look at that, Jack. In enormous letters on the roof, I be star scratched into the roof. So that is your San Diego Biden fan. What does that mean? It's like, I be, I'm a star. I be a star. Okay. Maybe that's uh, Megan the Stallion's home. I doubt it. She seems to make a, a they pretty need good to, living. They need to water their lawn. <laughs> And and perhaps patch the chain link pit bull fence there in the front yard. <laughs> but uh, there's your San Diego Biden fan. Thank you very much, Kathy, for passing on that picture. It's like a unicorn in a dense enchanted forest. Um, I believe I've been ripped off. I think I made those discoveries about black holes at the same time that these other physicists did. But the Nobel Prize has gone to someone else.
Mm. I will attempt to explain to you what the Nobel Prize went for. Uh, I find this fascinating. Yeah. Every time I try to wrap my head around it, I end up with a brain cramp like I drank my Slurpee too fast. Uh, yeah, I hear that. Now, the the medical one the other day, medicine or, or physiology, they're not sure, apparently. They don't know what the, they can't remember what they gave the prize for. It's literally medicine or physiology. Um, it was for uh, the guys who discovered the virus behind hep C, mm. which is a nasty disease. They think that that may be big progress in treatment. And prior, so that's good. And prior to them doing that, did we know? The not- Nobel Peace Prize is idiotic. The science stuff is usually pretty good. Literature has become a, just a super uh, 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 virtue signal. Yeah. Yeah. Make a political uh, statement sort right, of thing. Right. Um, turns out uh, Trump has approved that the cure for COVID is to go three days without Diet Coke and McDonald's. Hey, now. Took that from the Twitter. Mm. Thought that was kind of funny. Um. Uh, some comments on HIPAA rules, which we got into yesterday, which has an effect on all of us dealing with health. Maybe they need to be recalibrated a little bit. Yeah. And is the president out of the woods? Doctors say no. Talk about that. He's fine today. Mm -hmm. But sometimes this son of a gun takes an ugly turn right around now in the disease's progression. We certainly hope it won't, but. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. No, I'm a creature of habit. So what I would uh, wake up, eat a sauce and cheese omelet uh, and some uh, and some orange juice, go to shoot around, drive back to the house of Mulholland. When I got home, two turkey club sandwiches, fries and pineapple soda. Oh, take a three. Uh, yeah, take a three hour nap. When I wake up, I, I would have a steak and mashed potatoes and asparagus. When I got home, I had two fried chicken sandwiches, macaroni and cheese and four pineapple sodas. That's Shaquille O'Neal recounting his game day eating ritual. Pineapple soda? He had a lot of the pineapple soda. It was about a six-pack a day. <laughs> we drink some of the fizzy water at my house. It's not soda. It's just, you know, like the, the seltzer water, a yeah, yeah. little fruit flavor. And I like the pineapple very much. Uh, I don't know. Wait what a minute. It's... No, I'm thinking grapefruit. Pineapple. I don't know what it's like to be a 300-pound uh, athlete, so I don't know how much food you would need. But that's that does seem like a lot of food. What did Shaq weigh in his playing days? It was at least 300. It was like right? 3 to 320, depending yeah, on okay. which basketball card you looked on the back of. Uh, we, uh, that's we, a lot of food. Chickens, steaks, omelets, etc. told the story before. It was Dream Team 1 back in the day, early 90s, and we were there at one of their practices, and uh, all the big guys were coming out on the court, and Alonzo Mourning, who was seven foot two, comes out, and I was standing next to him, chatted with him. He snubbed me. Um, and, and then Shaq walked out, and he dwarfed the other seven footers he was just it was like a, a different breed of horse came out not not just a you know you had some race horses then one of those belgian draft horses came out it was just astonishing how big a man he is and apparently he ate a lot so it would seem uh the president is home from the hospital although uh, you know i'm not exactly sure what that means since they have a hospital at the white house 
to me, it was a sign of how extraordinarily dicey it must have been on Friday that they sent him away from that incredibly well-equipped medical facility with 24-hour doctors and nurses and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. I mean, they could do operations there at the White House if they wanted to, uh, that they took him over to Walter Reed. So that the fact that he's back at a place where they've got that, you know, I don't know. I guess it's not as dicey as it was. But uh, how healthy he is, I have no idea. We're going to talk more about COVID uh, next hour. Mm-hmm. But he is back, and he uh, gave a little speech last night, and he sounds fine and all that. Which is the result most people get, by the way, when you get COVID, is that you're, uh, you'll are you be okay. Oh, the vast, 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 vast majority. Yeah. Yes. So um, they gave out the, the Nobel. This is Nobel Prize week, and every day they give them out. They gave out the Nobel Prize in medicine yesterday, physics today. Um, did they already give out the Peace Prize? They, no, I don't I think so. Obama! I thought I heard that they did. I don't remember. And then nah, I could be wrong. It's idiotic, so I don't pay too much attention it's to it. It's certainly become it's idiotic. Yeah. Maybe it always was. Um, Nobel Prize in Physics is awarded to three scientists for the discoveries about black holes, apparently expanding on Einstein's theory of relativity. I don't understand any of this. I've tried many times uh, reading various books that are supposed to be dumbing it down for people even like me, and I still don't understand um, it's like a drain of black holes. Every time, lots of gravity. Every time I think I have my head wrapped around these things, I lose it. Like, I'll have it. I'll think, okay, I finally understand. And then when I wake up the next day, it's gone. Mm, my no, full it's un- like my, a drain. My it's full understanding. I've got a black hole. best drain. The hair doesn't even get stuck in a black hole. I've got a black hole in it's my in head. <laughs> so Einstein didn't believe black holes existed. Idiot. And ten years after his death, these one of these scientists uh, discovered black holes, and it's an extension of Einstein's theory of relativity. I'm saying these words as if I know yes. what that means. Quack, quack, I do quack, not quack, 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 quack. know what that means. Uh, but these astronomers who will split one million dollars with the Nobel Prize, um, uh, we're looking through some giant telescope, which makes sense. And discover these black holes that capture everything, even light that enters them, and within them, the known laws of nature don't apply. Hmm. Lawless border region. <laughs> the known laws of nature don't apply. I've hosted parties where that was on the invitation. <laughs> so you can run around pantless, you can, you know, uh, cheat at golf in, in sp- a black hole. In specific, they discovered a supermassive black hole in the center of our Milky Way. A great song by the band Muse, by the way. What's that? Supermassive black hole. Okay. Using the world's largest telescopes, they developed methods to see through huge clouds of interstellar gas and dust to the center of the Milky Way, and they refined their techniques to compensate for distortions caused by the Earth's atmosphere and provided the most comprehensive evidence so far of a massive black hole at the heart of the Milky Way. Supermassive. Uh-huh. Well, won't we get sucked into that someday? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and aren't there some days uh, you'd kind of choose that? Could be a half a billion years from now. Um I go back and forth on this stuff all the time between that's just amazing, mind-blowing, man, it boggles the mind. And what, what, why, why does this matter at all? What, what, how could you spend your life uh, thinking about these theoric, theoretical things that are spread out over a billion years? Uh, well, who freaking and, cares? And, as far as raising... comprehensible distance as, as well. As far as, uh, you know, having enough money for retirement, making my marriage work and raising my kids, I, it, just, it just it seems ridiculous. So I go back and forth on that. I'm glad there are those who are studying uh, the realities of the universe. I Surely, find it interesting. They've got to have incomprehensible. They've got to have moments though where they think, "God, I'm trying to get my fifth grader to learn math. That's right. that's what I need to work on." And if this supermassive black hole does what it does or changes fifty percent, it will never affect the lives of anybody. No, no. Other than in some way that probably we can't comprehend. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I find the concept uh, fascinating, obviously. I think everybody does. 
certainly watched a number of movies where people have uh, taken spaceships through black holes, wormholes, uh, time warps, et cetera, et cetera. But when you go, when the things get, things. when when the uh, when you get sucked into the black hole, where the laws of nature do not apply. Right. What goes up does not have to come down. You can mate with beasts. <laughs> Right to the bestiality. <laughs> <laughs> well, usually when you're thinking about the wonders of physics, nobody gets into bestiality, but, you know. Fat white guys with no hops can slam dunk. It's amazing in there. Laws in the of nature hole. do not apply. Talking dogs, are you kidding? They sing in choirs. It's the most amazing thing you've ever seen. Yes. Supermodels are looking at me and saying, oh, hey, look at that. Because right the laws now, of nature right do not apply. Right here, right now. That's right. <laughs> Oh, speaking of supermodels, I heard there was some sort of crack up on the uh, Dancing with the Stars show, and Tyra Banks, Banks is uh, casting blame about. It was kind of a uh, Oscars wrong movie. Uh, given the best uh, picture crack up, we'll have to look into that. Really highlighted how bad at ad libbing she is. Although honestly, yes, yes, yeah. uh, honestly, that show and Black Holes have an equal effect on my life. None that I can see. Absolutely. That's a that's a pretty good example of I think polar. I watched three and a half minutes of the show total. Polar opposite, and you hear about it now and then, you think, ah, I probably should know more about that, but I don't, and it won't have any effect on me whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So major announcements on the vid, uh, the president's condition and what it might mean and, and what it doesn't necessarily mean. Well, how about that ruling with the governor of Michigan? where they said she's overstepping her bounds. Is that going to start happening in more states? I would love to see it. I actually have some information on that decision. I've been hoping to squeeze it in the last couple of days. Just too busy. I'm fascinated by that. Are more governors going to have to let go of the reins a little bit? I hope so. Let counties decide. Heck yeah. Armstrong and Getty.